the definition is the problem in here of, of you know, our, our first question, what defines or how do you define identity? It's like, I don't know. It's kind of the everything. You know, I, I am the everything and I am you know, also none of them. It's kind of weird, you know, and that's probably where we go down the rabbit hole with the philosophical stuff. It's like, well, you know, are you this or are you, are you not that? Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. Today's episode is another one with Mary Andratus. We're talking about identity, what it is, how it's formed, some complex issues with the philosophical nature of where does it start, where does it finish. And we look at some harder spaces around like multiple personality disorder and uh, gender gender uh, identity some of these things are really complex and hard and 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 the idea of this particular episode is to stimulate some thoughts some conversation about what is it so that when we reflect on ourselves or we want to go out and push you know our lives in a particular direction that we have a little bit more agency about doing so enjoy this episode and once again please go out and share subscribe let others know um, it makes a big difference with with our numbers growing and they have been oh, you know uh, month after month so we're very very excited and uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. Hope you enjoy this one again. Hi, Mary. Great to have you back on the show. And I believe today's topic is going to be about identity. Uh, and we've uh, at least prepared some type of uh, basis as to some of the spaces of what we're going to talk about. And I know that there's some tricky spaces to go to in this one in terms of, you know, what's identity and, and, and the like, and particularly when we start to pull that, pull that apart because there's so many different, different aspects of, you know, who we are. So great to be able to um, chew the fat with you, so to speak. Um, and, uh, yeah, welcome again. Thank you so much, Nesh. It's great to be back on the podcast. And as you said today, uh, we'll be having a bit of a chat about identity. And identity is something that is so fundamental to each and every one of us and the way we live our lives and the way we behave. And it's, in a sense, a bit of a psychological and a philosophical kind of topic um, that's quite complex. And I kind of realized how complex it was as I was doing a little bit of reading for this podcast. Um, So to start, I thought maybe we could just have a bit of a general chat about what identity actually is because it's actually quite tricky to define as I've recently learned. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the answer there is I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> what it is. It, it, in so many ways, I kind of have a little bit of a basis and understanding um, and at the same time, you know, it's very kind of blurry around the edges, you know. Obviously, identity encapsulates things like how we see ourselves, you know, how others see us. It goes into things about how we... Um, you know, are, are, are perceived from our trait level, from our behavioural level, identity about what our interests are, um, you know, how, how we kind of uh, show up in life, you know, and, and this is where it starts to get blurry about what's identity and, and in some sense, you know, what's personality and is identity and personality the same thing? I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, from an identity perspective as well, it's also about our roles, you know, so not, it's not just traits, it's our roles, you know, part of, part of my identity is, is, is a psychologist, but I'm also a father, sort of son, you know, there's, there, there's so many aspects to it, so I'm, I'm not really sure what identity is, but uh, it would be interesting if, if we were to ask 
whole you know group of my friends who is niche uh, whether there's consistency there and does that say something about maybe who I am um, or how I project myself you know and is there appreciation of who I am uh, actually accurate or, or is it how I display myself as to who I am you know and you know is there a a different niche that other people see um, than what's actually there. So it's, it's complex. There's a, there's definitely that philosophical sort of a question mark around what is it, you know, and we, we, how do you define it? How do you go out and, and measure it? And, 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 and that's hard. Mm. And as you said, um, identity generally does encapsulate so many different aspects of our traits, personalities, behaviors, um, and they can change really drastically from when we're a little kid, a newborn baby, until, you know, we go through our childhood and adolescence and adulthood. Yet we still always have this sense of, I'm still me and I'm still that same person that mum and dad brought back from the hospital when I was a little newborn, um, even though we can't necessarily remember too much about that and we've changed immensely since then. We still have that same sense of, you know, I am who I am. And I'm wondering if you had any thoughts about where that comes from, why we still feel that we are that same, that same person, even though we've changed so drastically. It's a really weird sort of sort of experience. I recently just had a uh, celebration for a major milestone um, birthday, and that's brought me to kind of think a lot. And and uh, uh, although I'm turning forty in in uh, the end of this month, I uh, had my early birthday, but I don't feel forty. You know, my, my I don't feel that even my identity is is, is forty. You know, in some sense, identify as being younger, and and. I know that a lot of people feel that, you know, sure, my body probably doesn't do what I would want it to do when I was 20, uh, but so much of me still feels like I have, you know, a, a lot of youth. And it's kind of interesting about, you know, uh, what my feelings are um, versus, you know, how that might be displayed. And it would be kind of weird, you know, or, or strange or odd or different if I were to start to dress as though I was 20 or, even act as though I was 20. And so the, it would be quite interesting to, 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 well, you know, I've certainly seen clients who, 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 you know, have dressed, if we can call it outside of their age group. And, you know, there, there, there's a marked sort of uh, experience. You can see that so quickly and, and, and easily. It's just fascinating to see that move. So th there is this sense of I am who I am. And, and we kind of know that because, you know, if, if, if I cut my hair, not that there's anything left of it or when I did cut my hair uh, once upon a time, I was still me. Mm. But at some, some level, I'm like, but I'm a different me. I've gone from, you know, long hair to short hair or, you know, I've gone from this style to that style. We know that people after breakups, it's not an uncommon thing, particularly for younger persons as well, to go out and do this big drastic change of, you know, haircut. It's almost like, I'm going to change who I am or I'm starting afresh. I'm, I'm, I'm building a new identity, getting back into the gym or whatever it might be. And it's kind of confusing to try and figure out, you know, what that is, but there's certainly something that remains, you know, there's something that, that, that that's solid. And maybe that can be explained a little bit by the, you know, five personality traits. Um, and interestingly, if we even, I'm probably diverting a little bit here, but if we look at personality and, and, and identity, if we look at the DSM, um, not that I'm a huge fan of that at all, but 
we went from a category called multiple personality disorder to dissociative identity disorder. Um, and it's interesting, it's gone from personality to identity. And, and we've interchanged those words, you know, at a psychiatric level. Um, and that, that's supposed to be in some sense, you know, the Bible, so to speak. Yet those words are now interchangeable if we think about it's moved from one category to, to the other. Um, now some might argue, you know, they're different things, but you know, I, I think it's quite commonly known uh, in the industry that we're, we're trying to explain the same thing. Um, and the criteria have got, you know, uh, to, to display that as well. Um, so it's kind of interesting to try and see what, what is this? Is it, if it's a personality thing, we know that personality traits are fairly robust over time. Uh, they do change uh, over time a little bit, but they're, they're fairly robust, whether it's, you know, openness, conscientiousness, agreeableness, extroversion, neuroticism. Uh, uh, have I... Did I say conscientiousness? Agreeableness. Yeah. Um, uh, they're, 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 they're fairly stable. And we know that as people age, there is a change um, in that. And we all know that our personality does change over, over time. For example, as you get older, you tend to be a bit more agreeable. You tend to be a bit more open-minded and you tend to be less neurotic. Uh, and so we, we know that there's changes, but there's fairly, fair you know, uh, stability um, over a lifetime. So it's kind of like there's, there's things that are stable, there's things that move. Um, it's still blurry. Um, you know, the, 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 the consensus is not always there between uh, all, 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 all um, you know, schools of thought. But I think we've nailed it down reasonably to those things around, you know, the personality traits are fairly robust. Uh, and then in some sense, we can kind of understand how someone is, what their interests are, you know, whether they're patient or not so patient, whether they're, um, you know, uh, kind and compassionate and, and nurturing or whether they're harsh and judgmental and so on and, and, and whether people stay that way. We can all be something, you know, temporarily or, or you know, from, from time to time, I suppose we're kind of asking what, what expresses itself most often. Um, so, yeah, how I feel is probably very different to what I show on the outside, though. So the identity is like, uh, you know, we, we know in, in, in uh, particular um, people, identity can be kind of fractured or unstable. Um, and we see that in spaces like, you know, that multiple sort of personalities or, for example, gender identity. We, we can see these days in particular lots of young people um, are in some sense uh, identifying with one type of gender and then another gender and then changing that. And we're, we're, we're finding there are, there are lots of different categories of gender that, that are, are showing up. And, um, and I'm not even sure what to make of that either. It's so complex and hard to, to understand. You know, if I can just change my identity, does that mean I can change any category of, of how I feel? As a psychologist, it seems reasonable that I can, I can just have any category of how I, how I feel. You know, I, I, I can feel anything. Um, the validity, though, has to be kind of asked, you know, a little bit uh, or actually questioned or, or, or thought about um, because as we go to those real, real extremes, it's going to be harder to, to go out and, and, and um, kind of look at it in that same, same way. So I think feelings are uh, very reasonable. You know, I can go and say I feel um, 20, but I'm not 20. Um, I can dress like I'm 20, but I'm not 20. Uh, 
So, you know, and, and, and that's just reality. So I don't know if, if our feeling is our identity either, you know, because if someone says, is Nesh 20? We go, no, no, he's not. He, he dresses like he's 20, or, you know, but he's not 20. And so, well, I can go out and take that as an insult and say, well, you know, that's insulting. I am 20. Why would you treat me as I'm 40? I mean, it, it's a hard sort of space. It's a real hard space. And particularly with, you know, controversial things like, you know, gender. It's a really tricky space. Um, and as you said, we can change lots of things about ourselves, yet there's still something fundamental that tells us I am still me. So, for example, um, you know, even with that, the concept of, of gender, we might change the way that we look. We might even undertake you know, surgical procedures and we might identify differently, but we still have that feeling that I am the same person. I'm still me in in some fundamental way and it's it's really interesting to to kind of consider where that comes from and I guess we can look at it in in a couple of different ways and perhaps one of them is um that we're still in the same body so you know from from you know when we're a newborn even though we've grown and, and changed we're still sort of in the same body but then again we still would feel the same we would still feel that we are who we are even if say our leg got chopped off or our you know we we changed our hair as you said before so you know you kind of wonder as well is is that really what's what's giving us that sense of identity is it our our memories the fact that we can remember you know the fact that we went on a holiday back in 2008 to europe um but then again is that really what, what defines us? Because as we know, this, as we age, um, our memory declines, many people develop de dementia, Alzheimer's, um, yet we still think that they are who they are. So it's really interesting to consider where, where does this sense of, of self and the sense of oneness really come from, even though there's so many different aspects of, of ourselves that are changing over time? It's, it's bizarre. And, and, and the opposite question is, you know, where does, you know, instability in identity or, or if, if I look even beyond that, a third category of saying, where, where does incongruency with what I've been, you know, uh, born with and, you know, what I feel, where does that come from? Um, I, I tend to say, looking probably from an act perspective, is we feel what we feel and we have thoughts. Uh, and we don't necessarily choose our thoughts, um, but we can, we, we can certainly observe them, notice them, and then decide what we choose to do with those um, or how we choose to relate to those. And likewise, we can choose to relate with our feelings as well. You know, and, and you know, I can deny my age or I can you know, say I don't feel congruent with my age or I can relate to it and say, yeah, look, I might not feel congruent, but I don't really care. Um, it's not an issue, you know, yet there are lots of people out there who will go out and actively fight against an age, you know, they'll, like they'll say, you know, oh, how, what's your um, uh, age, you know, what's your birthday? And they'll say, oh, I'm not going to tell you, you know, it's almost like they've, they've taken on a persona or a, an identity around this age and what that means. And they're saying, I'm going to reject that. I don't want that. And so in some sense, there's, there's kind of like a, a denial or a rejection of something, but that's on the basis of a judgment, you know, judging that being 40 is wrong and that being 30 is better, you know, so, you know, or having wrinkles on my face is wrong 
versus wrinkles on my face is wrinkles on my face, you know, having, you know, whatever feature. And so when there's incongruency, I, I think it would be awfully painful and difficult to, to, to go out and say, I don't want to relate with what's here, you know, or, or there's two features about my life that, that I don't, you know, relate with, you know, and I, I don't want to look this way yet others see me this way. You know, I don't want to feel this way. Yep. That's how I do feel. It's, it's very complex and philosophically it's, it's because we, we, we ourselves have a lot to say about who, who we are, what our identity is, you know, and, and, and in some sense we, we tell other people, we, we, we can actually even announce it, you know, this is who I am. Um, and that's complex because people tend to just follow whatever people say, you know, um, about themselves. So, and why wouldn't you? It makes sense to do so. Um, it's just kind of, gets very very tricky um when we might meet someone who not that i've ever uh, met anyone with multiple personalities um and i i've asked many of my colleagues and i am yet to meet anyone who um, has met anyone other than on tv show or something like that where someone has multiple personalities but uh if someone says it then then we just say well, okay well fair enough i'm not going to question that but it just seems like it's it, it's it's really really odd. It it almost looks like someone is putting on a play, um, you know. And 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 I'm certainly not suggesting that that's what's occurring. I wouldn't know. Um, but it looks like it. It's almost like if I started to speak in a high pitched voice and say, "Well, you know, my name is Jennifer, and this is my other personality," you know. I'm not sure. Is there a secondary gain that's coming from that? Is this a, a genuine psychological or psychiatric condition? I don't know. Um, I, I've never met anyone in that space, but it asks this huge question about, can we even have multiple personalities? Um, now some people argue, yes, I've, I've heard even people saying, not that I can corroborate this and, and, and say that it's valid and accurate. I've heard that there are sometimes biological markers that can change um, with different personalities in, you know, dissociative identity disorder, um, where someone might have, for example, um, I'm going to make this up, but something like, let's say, high blood pressure um, in one personality and not in another. Now, I don't know whether that's actual research or whether this is he say, she say. I've, I've heard that story, but um, is it valid? I'd love to hear from another psychologist that, that, that that's read, a, you know, a peer-reviewed, um, you know, a journal that's come from you know come from a great journal um that's looked at a, a decent sample size that goes out and and and, and says we can you know it, it, there's solid solid evidence to this i'd have to suggest there is how else would the, the dsm have been written but at the same time you know we've also said that uh, homosexuality was a was a um uh, an illness as well and we've you know, since remove that. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of question marks. It's a difficult thing to, to, to put your, you know, your finger on. Yeah. Dissociative identity disorder is a really, really interesting one. And um, as you said, it used to be called multiple personality disorder. And now we've kind of switched that to, to dissociative um, identity disorder. And, and I suppose there's a few disorders that come under that sort of um, umbrella of, of dissociation um, in general. And um, I think it's called dissociative um, amnesia or depersonalization disorder, um, a few of them where we kind of lose that sense of self. Um, but I suppose dissociative identity disorder um, is a bit different in that we're actually almost taking on another personality. And um, 
um, I wonder where that, that comes from. And from the research I've, I've done, um, I, I think a lot of it can come from um, trauma or um, some sort of significant event in our life uh, that's occurred. And it's almost um, can be in some instances like a coping mechanism that we've developed um, perhaps from a young age. So um, if we're, we're very young um, and we're experiencing some sort of abuse or neglect, um, physical abuse from, from a caregiver, um, we may kind of create this other persona, this other um, identity that this abuse is occurring to. And that's really, really functional when we're children because we don't have the resources, we don't have the, the coping mechanisms to deal with that trauma that uh, is being inflicted upon us. But I suppose as we grow older, if these, um, this identity kind of sticks around, um, it can become um, non-functional and pathological, really, um, as we grow, grow older. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a really, really tricky, really tricky one. And, and like you, I've never met anybody with dissociative identity disorder. Um, so it'd be, it'd be a very interesting space um, to, to kind of delve into. And it's really kind of funny in, in, in the sense that I've certainly read that as well in terms of it's very trauma-based. Um, I think the number floating around that I, I recall is 90% of people who, you know, have, have you know, met that, that diagnosis, you know, have experienced childhood trauma. It's kind of an odd one if, if, if we're not seeing this, you know, uh, as clinicians, you know, the question of does it exist? Because if, if there's a whole gamut of, of human experience and we're kind of saying, you know, one in, I don't know, one in uh, a million people, you know, or whatever the number is, I don't, I don't know what the statistics would be, you know, does that require a category? You know, I mean, I, I bet you and I would be able to find someone who identifies as a penguin um, in the world. And, you know, do we say that's an identity thing or do we come up with a new thing that, you know, someone feels like they're an animal, but they're not an animal, you know, but we've got to go out and kind of hold this gently and kind of respect someone's, you know, feelings. Do we call it insane or do we go out and say, no, no, everyone, everyone's allowed to feel however they, they feel and that's kind of reasonable and... You know, how about people who go out and, 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 you know, change their faces, they feel like they're a cat or something, and so they, you know, create whiskers and, you know, tattoo up their faces and put in, I don't know, things in their eyes and, you know, eyebrows and so on. We, we, we've seen these kind of, uh, you know, very fascinating and interesting uh, ways that human beings can be. I just don't know if, if, if we place categories or do we just go out and recognise that, hey, identity has all breadth. Um, you know, from a eccentric, you know, 86-year-old, um, you know, man or woman who's got a bunch of energy and they've coloured their hair purple and, you know, they're doing plays and they're outspoken and all sorts of stuff. And we go, whoa, you know, and there's a, you know, bundle of, uh, you know, energy right there. And, you know, we might kind of embrace that because of their age. Or we might go out and say, wow, that, you know, 22-year-old who's coloured their hair, they're just attention-seeking and, you know, we, we make a negative judgment of it. It's kind of fascinating how, how society holds these things uh, as well. Um, so I'm, I don't know about, you know, the dissociative identity sort of space, um, how, how 
uh, how much research there there is, but the category has to be awfully small, um, uh, at least in my clinical experience, because I've never seen it. Um, and maybe that says about where I've worked. Maybe that that is more of the um, reason. Uh, but I've certainly spoken with plenty um, of my colleagues, and not not once have I ever heard one of my colleagues say, "Yep, you know, a client comes in and." You know, they've got three personalities and I never know who I'm going to get and they change in the middle and that's how they actually walk around in life. It, it, I've just never seen it. So um, it's hard to then talk about it. Mm, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky space. Um, and as, as we spoke about before, that whole umbrella of, of dissociation is quite broad and dissociative identity disorder is, I suppose, um, lack of a better word, sort of the, the more extreme kind of version of, of dissociation. Um, but it's interesting that we all kind of do dissociate whether we realize it or not um, in some ways. So when we're kind of idly daydreaming, um, that's a form of dissociation. Um, when we're, you know, absorbed or we're kind of in, in flow, um, as we refer to it, um, that's also kind of a form of dissociation in that we're kind of losing that sense of time and space and, and self-identity. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting space, um, yet throughout that, all, that whole kind of experience, we kind of come back and, and kind of still remain with that sense of self, I guess, identity, even though we've, we've lost it temporarily, um, so to speak. So it's, it's, it's a, quite an interesting um, area to look into. And it's um, also ties in with what we've discussed previously around, for example, loneliness, that if we have an identity which says I am different or I'm on the outer, you know, this strongly held belief or, you know, chronic isolation or chronic, you know, uh, loneliness, that can be your identity as well. And, you know, on, on the basis of maybe being anxious or something and being afraid of reaching out or, kind of you know introducing yourself or doing small talk or because of you know lack of social skills you you start to even build that and it became there's an evidence base for it because someone says well how do you know that's who you are and you're like well let's use my history as my evidence and, and and i can't argue with that you know it's really hard to go out and argue with that not that we can't work on trying to change that but it's quite fascinating that you know how we you know witness ourselves, observe ourselves, notice ourselves, um, you know, how we see ourselves and certainly perceive and, and judge ourselves kind of in some sense becomes who we are. Uh, and, 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 and that's uh, interesting as well. It's almost, if we look at philosophically and in some sense what, what's attracted me to psychology so much is it's almost like I can decide on who I'm going to be. And I know that contradicts with the five personality traits, you know, and, and saying, you know, they're fairly stable. And then there's another part in my mind which says, yeah, but I could if I wanted to, you know. And people will say, well, you're playing a role. You know, you're playing a, you know, a, a particular persona. And it's like, well, I'll do anyway. You know, I, I play a persona when I'm a psychologist. I play a persona on this podcast. I play a persona when I get home. I play a persona when I'm with my parents. I play a persona when I'm out with friends. I've got different hats and so I'm, I'm different in those worlds and, and, and that's kind of hard. Uh, and and I, I recall actually, you know, growing up when sometimes I brought my two worlds together and in, in one persona, I may have been more serious and in another persona, I may have been more of a clown. You try and bring those two together and you're scared that you'll get rejected from both those groups because you're, you're saying, Oh my goodness, you know, if, if, 
if the serious group find out that I'm a clown, they're not going to like me. And if, if the clown group realize that I'm serious, they're going to think I'm a nerd or something. And they don't like, what do I do? And there's a conflict of who am I? Uh, and in, in, in some sense, that, that, that's an incongruency of saying that I can't be both. And maybe as we mature, we go out and say, well, maybe I can be both. Maybe I can be both those things and that I'm, I'm actually uh, neither of them at the same time, neither one nor the other, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, defines me. You know, the, the definition is the problem in here of, of you know, our, our first question, what defines or how do you define identity? It's like, I don't know. It's kind of the everything. You know, I, I am the everything and I am you know, also none of them. It's kind of weird, you know, and that's probably where we go down the rabbit hole with the philosophical stuff. It's like, well, you know, are you this or are you, are you not that, you know? And is there a sense of a true self that's buried underneath all of these personas or are they just all different aspects of, of ourselves, um, really? And I think getting bogged down in that question um, can lead a lot of people into what we kind of refer to as an ident- identity crisis, um, where we're sort of having a sense of, oh, I thought I was this one person my whole life, but now I'm in this different situation or this event has happened to me. Um, and now I'm just not sure because I'm, I'm seeing myself in this different light. I'm seeing different um, traits that I possess. I'm behaving in different ways. And now I just don't know who I am anymore. And I think that can be really anxiety provoking for a lot of people who have had that sort of sense of a stable, um, stable sense of self. And that's kind of disappeared. So I'm, um, I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit on that, that concept of, of an identity crisis and what that might mean for different people. Yeah, look, it's, it, it's an interesting one because I think an identity crisis can happen at any stage of life. I mean, we, we see young people these days having lots of, you know, uh, maybe if we drop the, even the word crisis and kind of say, you know, that someone is conflicted or confused or unsure or, you know, uh, uh, not wanting a particular identity you know we're almost trying to forge something but we know we don't know what that is you know we're looking for congruency um, but in a certain way so there's this kind of conflict with identity I, I believe where we identify with something that we don't want to be true uh, or we don't want that to be attached to us so kind of like the 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 space of I might be a clown and I might be a nerd, but I'm hiding each of those from the other group. There's an identity sort of conflict or tension um, rather, and, and that comes from judgment. It says it's not okay to be a clown in this context and it's not okay to be serious in, in another context. And so by virtue of judgment, we go out and start creating these personality or identity crises, you know, the way that we view ourselves. And so you can see, you know, a lot of people, you know, of, of, of recent in particular and in the past as well, because it's not, it's not a new phenomenon, but certainly a, a much more uh, pronounced phenomenon of, of, of late around gender identity um, and people um, being unsure as to, you know, how, where they fit. And, and part of the problem is, we try and categorize things. So rather than saying, I'm not going to judge 
you know, uh, gender for a particular reason. We're kind of saying this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. And the moment we start doing that, we start saying, well, this exists, this doesn't exist. And the moment we start saying this doesn't exist, well, then there's going to be some pushback saying, well, yes, it does, right? And then we're going to involve a whole bunch of scientists to try and disprove each other. And if anyone's gone to to a high school, they know how to write an essay and you can write an essay on any argument that you want. And so this is why the idea of let's try and go back to scientific method, which has lots of broken bits as well. Uh, but all these efforts are on this effort to try and understand, but as part of trying to understand is we categorize, we label. And so the moment we label that I'm 40, that comes with a whole lot of other meaning, right? This is the relational frame theory that, that uh, you know, Steve Hayes uh, talks about and has written about and is awfully difficult and confusing to, to understand. And as much as I try and put my head into it, I still don't get it. But the, some of the premise of it is, is there's a relational frames or there's meaning attached to each of the words. And every time that we place a word, language is, is, is bound with meaning, but there can be multiple meanings um, or certainly lots of judgmental meaning. And, and part of the issue is how we connect all those meanings together. So, you know, to go out and say, um, once upon a time, I am gay was looked upon as my goodness there's something wrong with you that's awful so on and so forth and these days we've got a very different meaning which is yeah we're a bit more accepting and i know someone who's gay and so that's now okay but we're still not there right maybe in in, in 50 years time or 100 years time whatever years time it'll be maybe not even something that needs to be said you know that we maybe we have a category of saying i'm you know heterosexual i'm homosexual and maybe all these categories that are coming up at the moment, you know, the LGBTQI um, plus, uh, and I don't know if that has changed and it seems to keep, keep moving and that's not a criticism. It's just a, you know, an observation. Maybe those things will morph into something else. Maybe we'll, we'll give it a different, you know, um, uh, encapsulating umbrella. Right? Um, but, it might continue to, to, to go further. We might get rid of it one day. You know, we might actually remove this idea of, you know, uh, you know, mums and dads and move to parents. And, you know, we, we, we look at these language. I know that the, the forms we use in our, in our um, you know, clinic, uh, I've been so considered and thoughtful around what, what's the language that you write when there's, you know, consent. And, and so, you know, rather than writing parent, because it might not always be a parent. So, you know, it's parent slash caregiver or, you know, primary caregiver. Or, and you just keep changing it. You can never get it right. And I feel that with the identity, I don't think we can get it right. You know, even if I say I'm a psychologist, uh, it's like, okay, that's part of your identity. By virtue of language and the way that the mind thinks, it'll say, well, are you a good psychologist? Or you're kind of an average psychologist? Are you secretly a mediocre, you know, a psychologist that's, you know, doing this imposter thing and you're only going to get found out sooner or later? Like, like what's going on here? What, and it might, not, it might not even sort of extend to that. It could be, you know, um, any type of experience. I mean, there are people feeling that they have, um, uh, for example, an urge to have multiple partners. 
and they feel that that, that that's part of their, their identity, but functionally it's not going to help with what they're trying to sustain in terms of, you know, uh, a family together and they're fearful of if I go out and talk about this, my partner's going to leave me. Um, and so maybe they go off and they do that in secret or maybe they just sit with that and sit with the feeling and maybe not judge it and just say, well, it is what it is, but I'm not going to follow it. It's really hard to know what, you know, uh, how these things inform what we go out and, and do. But it, it seems to me that identity is fluid and anytime we try and examine it or we try and measure it, we reflect on it, particularly with, you know, milestones or transitions, we, we move back into that space of, you know, an identity crisis, as, as, as you call it. Um, you know, we become unstable, unsure, we question, we become existential. Uh, it, it's a very complicated um, thing to, to, to look at. Because often maybe also there are traits in me that if I look at them, I'm not quite happy with. And I might say, no, no, that's not me. Uh, Everyone else might say, well, yeah, it is. You know, you're a stubborn ass or something or other. And I might go, well, no, 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 I'm I'm not. I'm just passionate or something, you know. It's interesting to, you know, see how, how that works and, you know, if I am extremely stubborn and I believe I'm the smartest and I'm the best and my opinion should be listened to and everyone else should, should, should be, you know, put aside and I'm superior, I might not necessarily see that I might have narcissistic type of, you know, traits or be quite unpleasant and arrogant to be around. And I wouldn't see that and so I wouldn't even identify with that. And that's what's quite interesting. So people's experience of me could be very vastly different than what my own experience is. Uh, And so, you know, what's identity? I don't know. Mm. So I guess it's kind of almost two sides to it. It's the way we perceive ourselves and then also the way that we're perceived by others that all kind of seem to contribute to this, this sense of identity and um, just in my own, in my own um, experience working uh, with people who have a particular diagnosis, whether that be um, depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, whatever it is, um, there's almost a sense of this is who I am. I am a person who has depression. I am a depressed person. I am an anxious person. And um, in my own experience, I've had um, people that I've worked with that are almost scared to move away from that, that diagnosis because then who are they? They've lived their whole life being this person that has depression, who's, you know, depressed, who's, you know, going through problems. And um, there's almost this fear of coming out of that because of, I guess, the the fear that it might lead to this sort of, you know, identity crisis or this wondering, of, you know, who, who am I now? Um, but I suppose looking at identity as, as fluid and not fixed and not categorizing it might be, sort of almost like a, a way around that and um, kind of give people that sense of optimism around, hey, you don't have to be this this one thing forever. Um, we change so vastly throughout our entire lives and even, um, even though you know, we touched a bit on um, personality and the big five, as you said, are, are quite fixed, um, but they can change to an extent as well. And the example that came to mind was, um, for example, someone who might have a um, acquired brain injury or, or a brain tumour of some sort that could drastically 
change their personality. Um, you know, someone who was very calm and placid might all of a sudden become very aggressive um, and, you know, um, kind of, you know, saying some nasty things. Um, so it calls into question, you know, who are they anymore? They're not this nice person that I once knew. They've changed. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting space to, to get into. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And it, it, it sort of rolling on from what you say, when we think about it, even depression itself uh, changes the way that we go out and identify. So, you know, yes, there are people who identify as being depressed, but being depressed makes you also kind of look through that lens and, and see the world in a particular way. So, you know, chicken or egg type of scenario, you know, the, the context also tells us about how, how we should identify. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting that if we look at this space of, you know, acquired brain injury or something like that, um, we might go out and see that, as you say, someone's personality changes. And, you know, often as well, for uh, you know more favourable, um, uh, whatever favourable means, but for, sometimes for more in, in more favourable directions, like someone might become more extroverted. Um, but we do tend to find in those sort of scenarios where disinhibition uh, uh, starts to occur, um, and and in some sense that's some we we could kind of argue the same thing around uh, some of the mental health sort of aspects where if someone is highly anxious, they might kind of get particularly cranky about removing themselves from a particular scenario that they don't feel like they can get out of. And so they might be rude um, or abrupt or irritable or whatever it might be. And so we, we'd say, well, that, that's, you know, maybe their personality or maybe it's not their personality. Maybe it's their mental well-being, and maybe their well-being is kind of being impacted by how the world is. Uh, and how the world is, you know, kind of expresses itself in that mental mental health. So it's kind of interesting. I I don't know where this identity sort of stuff, you know, starts and ends because I'm just thinking off the top of my head while we're talking. I imagine what who would I be if I was born in the 1630s? Mm. Would I be me? You know, or or, or is the context forming my identity as well? And it's some, in some sense it has to, right? I mean, I, I see myself as being an Australian with, you know, Serbian heritage. Um, that's because that happened to me. I, I, I just happened to have parents who were born in Serbia, whose parents were born in Serbia, whose parents were born in Serbia. Um, and then we flew over to Australia, but I learned English, you know, uh, somewhat as a second language, but in actual fact, now it's my first. Uh, but it's like, who who am I and who's my identity? You know, at, at the start, my identity was uh, I'm Serbian. Um, you know, that, that that that's all I know: Serbian language, Serbian food, Serbian parents, you know, Serbian friends. You know, and you're in the Serbian community, going to a Serbian church, but you're living in Australia. And so now it's like, well, so who am I? And, and, and there's a lot of conflict in that. I, you know, you end up saying, well, I know what I am. I'm different. So now my identity is I'm different. I don't belong or whatever it might be. Or you go, I'll tell you what I am. I'm, I'm a good soccer player, you know, and, and, and that might be reinforced by, you know, mum and dad or the community or, you know, um, by achievements. So then you move into, into that, that space. Um, and so, 
I forgot. I forgot what your question was. I've, I've, I've sort of rambled a little bit, but um, I forgot what it was too. <laughs> but uh, when when I kind of look at you know the the formation, where does it kind of you know come from? The complexity and the context says so much, and 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 hence where you know the moment uh, there is change, we change our identity as well. You know, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, at the moment. Um, there are tens of thousands, well, there are millions of students, for example, going through the phase of being a student, right? That, that's just a life phase. Uh, and we all tend to, well, the vast majority tend to leave the student phase. And so uh, upon leaving the student phase, I have to almost adopt a new identity. And so when someone says, what do you do? You don't say I'm a student. You say, I work full time as you know, a banker. So all of a sudden my identity is kind of shifted and all my conversations shift towards that and I might be socially kind of told I should be wearing a suit and a tie and a nice crisp shirt and some black shoes. Um, you know, I need to kind of be well-groomed and I need to be highly professional, uh, you know, uh, call people by sir or ma'am, whatever it might be. I might buck the trend and say, no, 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 I can wear some funky clothes and I can be you know, the young new dude in the, in the uh, sector and, and have more of my flavor out there. But at the same time, that, that could be a dangerous maneuver if I want to stay in, in the tribe you know, or it could be an actual favorable maneuver where people might want more of that, you know, more of me. So there's all these forces that are asking us to be a certain way. And, 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 and this is why that, that real hard question, the philosophical question of, of, of identity, you know, how much am I choosing? How much is the context, the world choosing, uh, you know, even geographically where I live, you know, the identity of rural Australians uh, has to somewhat be different than urban Australians because of just where we live. And I would have to probably say that's the same for all countries, which is contextually different or from country to country. Uh, I mean, uh, that doesn't mean one's right, one's wrong, one's good, one's bad, but, but there's different flavours, there's a different taste to that soup um, that comes with these experiences. And, and, and maybe that's where, you know, when we start looking at things like whether it be uh, dissociative identity disorder or, or uh, any of these other sort of categories, maybe that's where things like trauma, you know, uh, goes out and informs how someone might be experiencing the world and, and how they identify, you know, and part of a psychologist's job is to question that identity and say, you know, is that what it means, you know? And, and it's quite funny because we get to question identity. We get to, in some sense, even potentially encourage a new formation of identity. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it, it warms my heart when a client, you know, com- comes back from a session and they say, you know, I really kind of thought about what we discussed and, and, and you know, I don't see myself as being weak or useless or pathetic or you know um you know to blame or, you know i uh, i'm not sure what i say but i'm not that you know it's like oh you know that that that's why i come to work um uh, so in some sense we're negotiating identity in our in our work all the time 
And um, it's you're touching on that, that last point. It's interesting how we spoke about how identity can kind of shift um, over the lifespan, but it can also shift kind of, it can go a certain way and then go back. And I say that particularly in people who are experiencing things like depression, anxiety, where they'll spend a few weeks um, really, really down and have this negative outlook and kind of see themselves as a depressed person and look at the world in a really gloomy way and then kind of have um, maybe another few weeks where they're really optimistic and their kind of identity uh, the way they perceive their identity and the way others perceive them is quite different and it's all of a sudden they're happy and they're positive and they're optimistic. Um, so it, it can change so rapidly and, and as you said, really dependent on the context that we're in as well. Um, you touched on on cultural differences and you know the fact that where we're living might change um, our perception of identity. Um, and what came to mind for me was the difference between individualistic and collectivist cultures um, and often, you know, here in Australia and other countries, um, when we hear the words, who are you? Tell us a bit about you. Um, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I'll jump straight into um, what I'm studying or my profession um, or my hobbies or my interests. Um, whereas in collectivist cultures, um, uh, people might say something like, um, I am a daughter, I am a sister, I'm a, a mother, um, I'm part of my community. Um, so even just the, the, the pure chance of where we're born can have drastic, um, a drastic effect on the way that we see ourselves. And another fascinating sort of a fascinating addition to that is I was speaking with Dr. Erica Penny um, not long ago uh, for one of these episodes, and she was talking about narcissism or narcissistic personality and borderline personality, and talking about the prevalence of of some some type of trauma um which obviously you know we we all know about uh, in, in in that sort of space but she was talking about that someone's uh i suppose um uh, upbringing and having um having ambivalent for example ambivalent attachment with, with, with parents where there's kind of, you know, warmth and also disregard or neglect or, you know, punishment and a child not knowing what they're going to get, you know, let, let, let's say, you know, um, let me do some, something stereotypical, like, you know, dad's a drunk, right. And, uh, you know, dad can sometimes say, come here and, and be, be very warm and, and cuddly and, 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 you know, nurturing. And then another time, you know, you know, get out of the way, you know, you're bloody always in the way you know, um, and, and, and be, you know, obnoxious and, and, and difficult and, and abusive and um, you know, uh, whatever that might be. That sort of space for, for a young person could develop into, you know, an adaptive, you know, mechanism uh, as a young person of saying, how does dad want me to be? Who do I need to be to, to go out and, and make sure dad's on my side? And so I'm changing who I am to be accepted. And so... Uh, Dr. Penny was, was, was arguing that in adulthood, someone might still go out and do the same where they're, they're, they're highly fearful of rejection. They're looking for cues of rejection, but they're also looking for how they can go out and position themselves to be a certain way, to be liked, to be loved, to be accepted. Um, and so there's this huge kind of conflict. And so when we, when we look at particular types of um, uh, presentations, there is great um, tension uh, in in that space of who do I need to be to be liked, but at the same time, feeling high levels of of, of upset, distress, or misreading 
positions and then not knowing you know, how to put in a, a boundary or you know how to do it in a more diplomatic way and so there's kind of ongoing sort of tension in in, in personality sorry in um, uh, identity where there's you know, it's sometimes chronic emptiness or you know that 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 um uh, i won't be loved or you know um, abandonment um you know and what, what that says about me who i am you know and that kind of can be you know a long life term sort of uh, experience for for you know from from what's happened as someone being a child um you know and and, and you know, dr penny talks about how we can go out and support these people in a beautiful way i encourage anyone to to to, to look that one up um, really good really good um conversation uh but it, it's interesting that, you know, what happens so early on in life can very much affect, you know, how we see ourselves and, and, and then not only that, reinforce itself, you know, in through our actions and the way we are with others and ourselves. Yeah, and I guess that also sort of alludes to the, the nature-nurture debate as well um, in a way. And we know that identical twins um, tend to share a lot of the same personality traits. Uh, but if they've experienced um, different different events, if one's experienced trauma and the other's experienced, you know, really loving, um, you know, caring um, relationship with their parents, their sense of identity um, and so many aspects of themselves are going to be vastly, vastly different. So the effect that our environment um, environment has like you said, right from the time that we're born, um, you know, throughout our entire lives is, um, is huge, is massive. And one of the moderating effects when I think about how, you know, what can we do about, about um, you know, identity is in some sense we have choice, you know, we, we have kind of choice about our actions, what we want to do, um, you know, the, the, the sort of uh, agency of, of our lives, you know, and, and to a point we've got that. And I'm not suggesting that we've got full agency and that, you know, we can achieve anything and I'm going to place, you know, point to people and blame them for whatever's going on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about trying to give active direction to our lives and to be actively, you know, uh, be a particular way, you know, live in line with our values. So I think there's a, there's a lot that we can go out and do to inform who we are. Uh, and that's maybe, you know, kind of like uh, uh, one position another position is also to accept you know to come to terms with to to embrace in actual fact those aspects of who we are um, whether they're in conflict with something else or, or, or not or, or just saying hey this is an attribute or a part of of who I am and I don't need to change that I don't need to have agency over everything and, and to have agency over something which I imagine you probably could. It's just going to be bloody hard and it could be all consuming and, and mean that you have to neglect other, other areas of your life. And so I think there's, there is a, a, a balance um, uh, and I wouldn't even call it a, ne- a delicate balance. I think it's just the balance of, of, of trying to carry both of those things as we go along and as we transition from one phase or, you know, one, one period in our life to, to the next um, that, you know, it's clearly around the corner for all of us, whether it's an age thing, whether it's a role thing, whether it's a relationship thing, whether it's a you know, um, parental thing or, you know, becoming an empty nester. Uh, it, 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 there's all sorts of, um, you know, different, different roles and responsibilities and, and how we go out and, and use agency and how we accept those things that we are 
um, and, and, and maybe you know be non-judgmental of, of of others and the world too helps in doing that. I think all those things shape um, greater stability, at least, in our identity. Mm, I think that's a really great take-home message, um, and I also think the point that you made earlier on about um, identity being fluid and us not necessarily having to categorize who we are into these little you know, pigeonholes. Um, I think that's really important for us to remember and, um, you know, it can, can really help when we are feeling quite anxious about, you know, our sense of self. Um, if we are going through something like an identity crisis, um, you know, for lack of a better term, um, to remember that we don't have to be one thing. We can be lots of different things and those things can change over time and they will change over time when we get into different relationships, when we get a new job, when, you know, events happen to us or, you know, things happen in our society, we will change. A lot of us will change and maybe that's okay and maybe that doesn't mean that we are a totally different person but maybe it's just different aspects of ourselves and maybe we don't have to, to define ourselves by any particular one. Beautifully said. I think we could probably leave it there um, and uh, call, call it a day and, and, and look forward to, to the next conversation. There's a few things I'd love to pick up on at, at, at a later stage, um, maybe some more controversial sort of areas because I think they're complex and I think philosophically they're, they're hard to talk about and, and uh, often, you know, it causes angst in, in, in doing so. So, um, and I think identity is one of those and certainly, you know, the, the gender conversation is a big one. Might have to uh, spend some time, or I might have to get a, a particular speaker to come on and, and talk about it because it's complex. And and if we don't give voice to these things, then we, by virtue of going out and avoiding it, we make a statement about it, and we, we kind of say it's too hard or it's too difficult or I'm not allowed to say it you know, in the wrong way. You know, I think being somewhat clumsy and a bit vulnerable about it and kind of recognizing we don't know all the answers is really a big part of this podcast. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to chat with you and talk about the, these sorts of things. And I think there's so much further to, to, to go and hopefully some listeners can begin this conversation with others and, and particularly the hard areas, you know, whether it be multiple personalities, whether it be, you know, um, variations in, you know, gender identity, whether it be about life transitions, whether it be about our personality traits and how much they can move, so on and so forth. There's so many areas to, to, to continue this discussion on, you know, this is kind of like a, uh, almost like a catalyst, the taste test to, to, to get this conversation, you know, going. So I appreciate your time to, to um, explore this and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, tip that first domino for, for further conversation. So thanks, Mary. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you, Nash. I really enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to next time. Sounds good. If you enjoyed this podcast, please support it by going to iTunes and putting a review, subscribe, share it via social media and tell others about it. Start a conversation. It's listeners like you that make this able and possible and why we bring in these guests to go out and share their knowledge and resources and just lastly if you are a psychologist and you want to go out and be part of a bigger team develop your experience and get into some exciting work come to strategicpsychology.com.au forward slash careers and reach out i'd love to hear from you